0: You've heard the expression, you only get one chance to make a first impression. Well, the saying actually goes, you only get one chance to make a good first impression. This is so important for us to remember as we represent those who call ourselves Christians. I think it's true that we have one shot at leaving a good impression on someone, but I also believe it's true that the impression we get, no matter how brief an encounter we have with someone, can linger and imprint on our brain a lasting feeling, good or bad, of a place or of a person. That was certainly the case for me five years ago when I came to Church of the Messiah as a deacon student to learn to do all the stuff I needed to know before I was ordained. My first Sunday was the same Sunday Bishop Greg and his wife Laura Lee were scheduled for a visit. Father Tom asked me to be the bishop's chaplain. I had no idea what that meant, and it sounded a bit overwhelming, but before coming, I had decided I would do whatever was asked of me happily so I could learn as much as possible. I was a bit relieved to learn that the bishop's chaplain is just being his lackey. I was to get him water, help carry his stuff, and whatever else help he needed with. That was easy. So I arrived bright and early, ready to make a good first impression, and I was greeted um, by the door being opened by the usher-greeter of the day, Bob Summers. I introduced myself and told him who I was and what I was doing, and the impression Bob left on me brings a smile to my face when I think of it to this day. He was warm, helpful, and instantly made me feel welcome. That impression he left on me has stayed with me, and it also set the tone for my expectation for the rest of the parishioners here. I assumed if he was so friendly and welcoming, everybody else would be, and y'all were, and you still are. He was the example I used to base my assumptions about the people who call this their church home and how they treat others. That early morning, however, wasn't the first memory I have of Messiah. Years ago, I was teaching at the school where a former parishioner, Diane Kraft, was the media specialist. I remember meeting some of you in her hospice room, though which of you I can't say, and I remember the way you loved and cared for her and for her family and my school staff when we came here for her funeral. You were as caring to us and so hospitable that it left me with a feeling glad that Diane had such a wonderful and supportive church family. The way I saw you all interact with each other and the strangers that came here to say goodbye to our common friend spoke louder than any words could. And that impression was truly in my mind when I found out I was getting to come here for my field work. The impression you all left by simply being you stayed and imprinted on my brain and had me anticipating a great experience before I even stepped back through those doors so many years later. That's the thing about impressions. Whether we realize it or not, we're always making them. All too often, people don't know God like we do, and their introduction to him comes from encounters with his followers, us. They make judgments based on the way they see us treating each other and how we behave. Our goal then should be to always be ready to make a good impression as Christians. Now, this sounds like a big responsibility, and it is, but just like it sounded like a daunting task when Father Tom asked me to be the bishop's chaplain, When we understand what it means to make a good impression for God, it's not so hard. To make a good first impression for God, we just need to be mindful of how we treat each other and the people we meet. We need to be nice to each other and act like we like each other. That's it. That may sound simple because around here, that's what we do. It's our norm. But that sadly isn't the case in a lot of other places. We need to show we act differently to each other because we know having God in our lives makes a difference. We also need to be careful about how we perceive others and not let it temper how we treat them. In the few months I've had the privilege to work here full-time, I've seen the weariness of folks coming into our church during the week. They come to deliver packages or looking for help with other things. And in some, you see the distrust that comes from having an impression of church folks that was not great. In fact, for some, the time they've spent in church or around Christians have left an indelible mark that has caused wounds and scars. That's why the staff, office angels, and I are working so hard to make our church office, especially during the week, feel like a warm and friendly place, a place everyone will feel like they're welcomed and that we're glad to see them. It's not an unusual sight to see us praying for someone who's been through our doors and seemed frustrated or upset. And our prayers and our efforts are working. You can see and feel the difference in the people who come through our doors on a regular basis. The weariness in their eyes are slowly being replaced with the expectation of acceptance, kindness, and hospitality. How we interact with those we cross paths with is what the reading in John is talking about. John the Baptist is described as being a man who was sent from God to be a witness and to testify to the light so that through his testimony, all might believe. Not just the people that are easygoing and amiable, but all might believe. The reading goes on to tell us, John was not the light, just like we're not the light, but that Jesus through which the world was made was the light, though the world didn't recognize him. We're called to do the same as John, to testify about this light, Jesus, that gave up everything and came into the world, Emmanuel, to be with us and for us. John continues, out of Jesus' fullness, we have received grace in place of grace already given. We have grace heaped on top of grace. Grace not because we've done one thing to deserve it, but grace stacked on grace because God loves us that much. It's our privilege and our honor to show the love and grace that's given so lavishly to us. When Jesus came to be with us in our broken and hurting world, he did it so he could make right the wrongs our human frailty have made. If that isn't worth sharing, I don't know what is. We hear the sweet words in John that all who hear the word, receive him, and believe in him are given the right to become children of God. That's too good to keep to ourselves. But how do we show this love to others? How do we share the good news of God? I was talking to some people the other day about the E word, you know, evangelism, and what it looks like. For a lot of people, that can be a scary word. An image of a guy on a street corner holding a John 3:16 sign and shouting comes to mind, and that doesn't feel very comfortable to most of us. Maybe you didn't grow up in a culture that explained what evangelism means or looks like acted out as part of our faith. The conclusion my friends and I had about evangelism is that it simply means to be loving to everyone as an outward sign of our love for God. Not so scary. And by simply doing that, it will go a lot farther in spreading the good news of who Jesus is and what he wants from us, a relationship, than trying to come up with long-winded speeches or grandiose gestures. We need to be ready to talk about how God has impacted our life, but in a natural way that we're comfortable with. Don Werble is one of my office angels, and she shared about an experience she and her husband, Tom, had last week. They went to eat at a restaurant, and all the tables were taken. A couple they didn't know invited them to sit with them. Over the meal, the couple shared that they had just moved to the area recently and had not yet found a church home. Don and Tom talked about Church of the Messiah and gave them an invitation to our Christmas services. What Don didn't say, but I feel confident in, is that the way Don and Tom talked to them, interacted with each other, and the other people in the restaurant was a great first impression of who they are as Christians and what our church is like. Don told me as they were ready to leave, they discovered the couple had paid for their meal. Now, that seems to indicate they made a pretty good first impression. So, of course, Don and Tom paid for another table's tab. Kindness and hospitality are contagious. Don said, don't you just love it when grace hits you right in the face like that? Grace upon grace. God's love being acted out shows a sincerity about how we feel knowing God loves us and how it changes our lives. And that's the best way to help others see why having him in their life is so important. Now, most days expressing that is easy. Sometimes those silly things like timing your morning to arrive at church on time gets thrown off because the yogurt, strawberry yogurt smoothie you made uh, gets knocked over and ends up all over you and the kitchen. Happened to me last weekend. The little setbacks and irritations like this, while not earth-shattering, can settle on our faces when we don't mean for them to. But there are other days, and sometimes many days, that turn into seasons in our life that it isn't easy because we're facing tough and challenging things in our life. Our jobs aren't going well, our relationships, sickness, and loss leave us feeling like the light inside of us has dimmed, and it isn't as easy for others to see it. Putting on a happy face and pretending everything is fine, just fine, is not the answer. In these dark times especially, we need to hold on to the light of Christ inside of us, and let it shine. Perhaps in the dark times of our lives, when others see us still letting the light of God guide us, can be even more impressionable and impactful, showing that knowing and loving God is not conditional on what's happening in our lives, but rather despite it and through it with him. That's the faith in it that Father Tom talks about. The faith is that the light is shining no matter what situation we find ourselves, and the promise God makes to be with us always is one that can get us through. But how to do it? When our hearts are broken and the darkness seems to be closing in? Well, the words of Isaiah offer hope to remember. It says, I delight greatly in the Lord, my soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. It doesn't say these garments are a shield to keep bad things from happening, but rather they're clothes we wear to remember and rejoice and praise God in all situations because he's promised us salvation. When our faces show the pain of the world, I want you to think about God placing his arms around you, and wrapping you in his love and promise of keeping you safe and protecting you like a garment you wear as you face your day, and let it keep you warm in his light and in his love. Let this image be the impression we give to others that are desperate to know how we keep going when things are hard, and why when we rejoice, our praises seem so sweet. When we let this leave an impression on our hearts, That's what others will see. And it'll be easier to share how, or rather who, is responsible for the joy we feel regardless of our current situation. First impressions can be tricky. And while we may only meet someone one time, the way we behave and treat them can have a lasting impact on them. If we rely on the light of Christ that's in us to shine brighter than our words or actions, we will have been the witness God wants us to be. So this week, as the world goes back to the hustle and bustle of their normal lives, remember, let your light shine bright so the true love of Christmas is a message that lasts all year.